We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sixth Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. Today is September 19th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia, Luke, what's up? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little tired. Was uh, was in Sacramento the last few days for for work and um, has had a great time there. I work remote, so it was great to meet everybody on um, on my team and everything that I've been working with since May. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it was a good a good week. Had some really productive sessions during the day um, and had a lot of fun, you know, outside of that and. Just really great to, like I said, meet everybody there. Um, but other than that, I'm just I'm a little tired. Um, I think it's it's definitely like a 6 p.m. feeling for me still, which is weird to be tired and also, you know, three hours behind internally. But is what it is. You uh, you you have anything going on this past week weekend that was a lot of fun? You'd like to report? Giants are 2-0. Mm. Life is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, media day is a week from when you guys are listening to this. So not really. Just it, excited about the, the last Giants time? 2-0 for the first time in s- six years. Okay. So it feels good. That. Yeah. Watch that. Watch a little bit of that via stream today. That was uh, pretty good. Wasn't a great game to watch, but, you know, you can't be mad when your team comes out with a W. Mm-hmm. I, you, know, you know, between... But, but apart from that... I you know, not much going on. I, just, I just uh, really, I'm just trying to say one last thing here, and it's nothing big, but you were just kind of jumping over me there. So I was just going to say, I, I stay, I don't stay in tune with many NFL teams, but I do watch the Giants more than most teams just because, you know, you and our buddy Brandon, big Giants guys. So that was the last thing I wanted to add. We can continue. Brandon the Madman. We love him. Mm-hmm. It's all it's so funny because like whenever we text about the Giants, we always just text in like the group chat that we have with Luke when like I could very well just text Brandon separately, him and, but him you know. and my buddy Danny do the same thing with the Yankees. It is just it's I'm used to it. I'm used to not really paying too much attention, specifically to the Yankees talk. So 
I love it. Well, for our listeners, we have a big show in store for you guys. Uh, later on in the episode, we're joined by Jeff Turner, the color commentator broadcaster for the Orlando Magic with Valley Sports Florida. David Steele's counterpart. We had David Steele on a little bit earlier in the summer, so we're kind of rounding out the broadcast team. We've had Dante. We've had David. Now we had Jeff on, so we've completed kind of the broadcast trifecta for Valley Sports Florida. Uh, but we talked with him about Franz Wagner, Coach Jamal Mosley, expectations for the Magic, of course, Paolo Bancaro. So be sure to listen all the way throughout the rest of the episode for that. Um, but before we get into some Jersey news, the statement Jersey was officially announced, and then we're going to kind of do a Franz Wagner FIBA Eurobasket recap uh, for the summer that he had. But if you've been listening to the show the past couple of weeks, you know that coming up on October 14th versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, that is going to be the Orlando Magic's final home preseason game, preseason finale altogether, the last game for them before the regular season starts. We are putting together like a group outing to get some folks together to go watch that game, fill the lower bowl, get the Amway Center ready for the regular season. So again, that's coming up on October 14th at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. If you want to purchase tickets to that, tickets are running out and they are going fast. You can purchase your tickets at FIVO.me slash The Sixth Man Show. That's FIVO, F-E-V-O.me slash The Sixth Man Show. Our buddy John McCall, who is a ticket rep with the Orlando Magic, is helping us put together this entire event. And he's doing us a massive solid by making sure that two lucky fans that purchase a ticket to this Cavs preseason game, two of you are going to win two tickets to the preseason game against the Memphis Grizzlies on October 11th. So if you purchase tickets to our preseason night, not only are you going to have the chance to see Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Donovan Mitchell, but also guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. So make sure that you guys come out to that. It's going to be a ton of fun. We're really looking forward to it. And Desmond Bain, who said he likes our practice facility. So there's that. Future, future Orlando, Orlando Magic, Magic player Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain. Yes. Book it. <laughs> yes. Luke, on Thursday, the Orlando Magic finally, people have been asking for weeks and weeks and weeks, seeing other teams throughout the league debut their statement jerseys. The Magic's finally dropped. They're glorious. I want to say the vast majority the reaction online, the response online was very positive. I think on Instagram, we had like other uh, over like 90% of Magic fans say that it was a cop more than a drop. And on Twitter, I believe it was like almost 80% um, voted cop over drop. So if you haven't seen the jerseys, they're they're really slick looking. Um, it's a majority of the jersey is blue, um, adding those black fanned out Orlando across the chest. You've got the Disney uh, patch on the player's left-hand side, the Jordan logo on the right-hand side. Uh, you've got like the black collar, uh, black trim around the sleeves, black pinstripes, and then the side paneling on the jersey and the shorts is an homage back to Luke's favorite jersey, the Stars jerseys, but instead of that being blue, it's black down the side. And then might be like one of my favorite features of the jersey is the trim at the bottom of the like the leg sleeves on the shorts. You have this like black, blue, black kind of trim at the bottom of the shorts. It looks really nice in my opinion. Uh, Luke, thoughts about these statement jerseys? First of all, I, I love them. Okay, I'll start with that. I do love them. Um, and I obviously, anytime you see pinstripes, you just start comparing them to other pinstripe jerseys. 
And if you haven't now you will, because I mentioned it, but yeah, we've not seen like those, those blue, like the electric blue. Right. And even the ones that we had a couple of years ago um, with the, you know, with the pinstripes and everything, they're always white. So we're getting the blue black combo in a way that we've never, you know, we haven't gotten to this point. And if, unless I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right here. Um, we've not seen this. So typically the case. Yeah. 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 Usually I'm right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So do, my question for you is, do you, now that you see this and then you obviously know the other, you know, the, the, the iconic, you know, blue ones, you said that the most recent ones I think were as your one of either your top one or two, something like that. It's my favorite NBA Jersey in the history of the world. Okay. Yes. So with that being said, do you prefer the black pinstripes or the white pinstripes? This doesn't mean that you prefer that jersey necessarily, but because there's some other things like the side panels, whatever, that still kind of put it over the edge for you if it, you know, if that's what you love. But what what do you what are your preferences on the pinstripes? Still, still the white, still the white. These are very good. Like those are a ten out of ten for me. Those those are probably like a fifteen out of ten for me. But th- these are like a, a solid like eight. 8 out of 10. You can maybe talk me into a 9 out of 10, but I, I feel pretty strongly about the 8 out of 10 with these jerseys. Now, the last time we saw fanned out pinstripes was like Dwight Howard. Yeah, I don't love that. Dwight Howard, VC. But these jerseys are better than those. Thoughts? These jerseys are, are first of all, like the last jerseys that we had, you know, the last Adidas jerseys that we had before, like the whole league mm-hmm. switched to the NBA. I hate those jerseys. Like I find them, I find them hideous, especially the black ones that had like the the gray and white yeah. collar with the fanned out pinstripes, like the black with the gray like yeah. pinstripes. I really hated those. Um, I, I know people really want to go back to like the classic, just sh- like straight. Yeah, I guess what are those parallel? Um, yeah. you know, perfectly vertical uh-huh. stripes. People really hate the fanned out pinstripes. I'm not really a, a massive fan of those. I don't hate those um but if i have like a couple of critiques of the jersey everybody hates the current orlando font it, it is what it is yeah is the team eventually going to have a rebrand at some point i'm sure of that but until that happens th- like that we just have to deal with this font it is what it is um i try not to factor that in too much with my criticism or critique of these jerseys but apart from that it's it's the flared out pinstripes for me like i just i want the classic you know vertical pinstripes i'll say this what about you You alluded to the fact that i sarcastically that i like you know i that my favorite jerseys of all time is the stars jersey um i like the the stars being incorporated this way comparatively i I, thank you jesus i yeah yeah i like the side panels but that doesn't mean that i liked those star jerseys back then because i think those were well you you know you're just blatantly like grossly wrong about that but continue it's it's not even a hot take to me i just don't like it i just i just don't like it terrible i look at it and i say no i just don't like you but i do like what they did with the stars here i like the you know the you know the color choice that they go with there obviously down the side of those with the stars so um i i I like it i like these jerseys a lot um like i said the only thing is that i just don't know if i it might be too much of like the color black there, like the trim 
and the stripes like to and in past like it's it's like you know whether whatever it is right like a white collar with black kind of outlining the collar there's just it's just straight black and i just don't know i don't know if i love that part of it but i do like the side panels i i love the blue obviously um and i i, I really like these jerseys i'm trying to pull it up now i'm almost positive that the most recent statement jerseys that we have yeah, the 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 collar on that it looks like yeah, that was a solid blue in the the sleeve as well. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I like the fact. Yeah, it's it's blue collar, blue blue trim on the sleeves on the most recent statement jersey that we had that had the pinstripes, you know, on the side. I like the fact that they did something a little bit different with these. Um, the the black definitely like is very like powerful. I don't want to say it's overpowering. But it's it like jumps out at you yeah. a little bit, and I I kind of like that contrast. You know, people are looking for them to be a little bit more bold with some of these jersey designs, and I think there is an element of that. What I wanted to ask you is like, what's your take of like the side paneling being green? <laughs> stop, stop, dude. It it looked green in that picture. It did. Yo, please, for the people that haven't maybe seen these images on social media, like what? Why is that so funny that I said that? Because it was really funny that I said that. It's funny that you said that because I genuinely was like asking why it looked green. Is that what you're the story you're looking not, for? Not just you. Not just you. There were multiple yes. individuals across social media on every platform: Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Instagram. Like freaking out that they made the side panels green. Right, Tony Quinn, who works for you know the social media team with the Orlando Magic, um, obviously he handles like all the graphic stuff for the Magic and was part of this photo shoot that they put together um, with Paolo Bencaro at the old Rec Center um, in downtown Orlando. And just as a kind of homage to the you know old Rec Center and and to the 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 past. Um, part of the press release from the magic was that this is supposed to be a, a tribute to fan favorite moments created by magic legends. That's why they had like the stars kind of going down the side there mm-hmm. and they wanted to like kind of pay homage to that kind of vintage feel. So with whatever color correction or filter that they put on these photos, it gives the black on the side of the jerseys just like a slight tint of green. But the, the reason to me that it was so funny is because as like collectively as a fan base, the first season, we're like, okay, the orange is pretty cool. We don't yeah. love the gray, but the orange is pretty cool. Then the mm-hmm. second season with the white pinstripe, the white jersey with the black pinstripes with the orange, we're like, all right, this is great. We really like the orange, but maybe not do orange next year. And then the orange jerseys from this year, people were like, okay, these suck. We're tired of the orange. Let's get rid of the orange. And it just really blew my mind that people thought they were like, man, they hate orange. You know what they'll freaking love? Let's give these folks some green some, and not just the green. Fo- it just let's make it look camo green, baby. Yeah, it's almost like a forest green is what it looked like in the images. But to me, it was just like common sense that no, right. of it course wasn't actually it's the, green. it's of course it's the the lighting or the filter on the photo. There's no way that they're going to make these green. So I kind of found that funny, but multiple folks you know saw green and a lot of people were like. I don't see green at all. And those folks, I'm like, all right, you might want to get your eyes shut because I can clearly <laughs> see the like the tinge of green to it. But yeah, no, folks, there it's very much black paneling down the sides. And I mean, I, I don't want to be like too prisoner of the moment, but I feel like these easily are top 10 jerseys that we've ever worn. 
Oh, top 10. We, we yeah, just talked sure. about jerseys like a few weeks back, so I don't want to go through all of that again. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yeah. I feel like these are really you. nice and like could easily be in the top 10 of jerseys we've ever if worn. anything if anything that it'll just go up once we see them like on our players like on the court not just in a photo shoot so i think what did anything, you think when you saw the case. leak the like the 2k leak of these which the magic ended up making their profile picture by the way which was hilarious hilarious i thought the quality was obviously just like weird and i think that i don't know it didn't do it justice that's for sure yeah, Kevin and I talked about it, and we were very much waiting to see like the shorts, the side paneling, and everything like that. These look a million times better than what I thought we were going to see with what we saw from from that leak. But super excited for these. So these, in you know, if we're looking at the Orlando Magic press release, the press release says these are going to be debuted October twenty second, the home opener against the Boston Celtics. Now, I could have sworn we read somewhere else that they were going to be debuted November 3rd against the Golden State Warriors, uh, but now I'm even much more excited for the home opener if this is going to be the case. They're going to be worn at 10 separate home games this season, and these right now can be pre-ordered through the Orlando Magic app. So if you don't have the Orlando Magic app on your phone, first of all, go ahead and download that. Um, If you're looking at the Orlando Magic app, Um, At least a few days ago, it was a little bit difficult to find these. You had to go to at the bottom right part of the menu. You had to go to more and then to game day. And then within game day, um, go to the team shop app. And then within that, you could pre-order the jerseys. Now, right now, the messaging that is going out is that the earliest pickup is going to be December 15th for pre-orders for these. So I don't expect to see these at the team shop prior to that. My understanding is that this isn't like an Orlando Magic issue. It's like a a Nike issue, and Nike is just kind of slow with unveiling these, unfortunately. So the players are going to have these, which is great, but we will not be able to get these until December 15th at the earliest. You're not even guaranteed to get them by December 15th um, if what I'm reading in the app is uh, is correct. Uh, Kevin and I, myself, we already went ahead and proved our Paolo Bancaro uh, statement jerseys here. Luke, I know you're not much of a jersey guy, but is this a jersey that you might think about purchasing? Oh yeah, I've thought about it. Especially Paolo Bancaro, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Paolo. I might give it like I'm probably going to. That being said, I probably won't pre-order. Um I'll get it when I get it. Like you said, I'm not a huge jersey guy. Obviously, draft night I walk into that team shop to get me a jersey and they're like, "Yo, it's buy one get one." And I was like, "Easy." That at that point, I was a Jersey guy. Um, so Orlando Magic, if you're listening to this, y'all want to strike me a deal for you know some jerseys? Absolutely, I'm there. Like but you walk yeah, I probably Publix, wait. and you're like, I wasn't planning on walking out of here with five, you know, six boxes of little Debbies, but they're bogo. Right. Exactly. And I'm gonna do some Swiss cake rolls, some zebra cakes. I'll give me all of it. Yeah. Give me that. Give me the little Debbies. Give me the Magic jerseys. I want it all. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably wait. I'll wait at some time now. Like you said, and like we've established at this point, I'm not a Jersey guy, but so like this is a Jersey I will eventually have in my closet, most likely and wear to games, whatever it might be. But, you know, we also get to see, you know, by the time I order it, Palo might be averaging 25 and 15. It'll look that much better than getting a Palo Jersey 30. Why not <laughs> 30 and 30 actually? Uh, yeah. So now yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cop it eventually. 30 and 30, 30 for 30. 30. Paolo you heard it here first. Book it. All right, really like the jerseys, but let's talk a little bit about Franz Wagner. So, Luke, uh, you 
were out of town when, when Kevin and I just freaked out about his performance, you know, against Greece and just, you know, just doing Giannis dirty, like really in, in the end of that uh, game against Greece. But since then, Germany has played two games with their win over Greece. They moved on to the semifinal where they uh, went up against Spain. And on Friday, Germany lost to Spain in the Eurobasket semifinal, 91 to 96. In this game, Franz Wagner played 28 minutes, scored 15 points, shot 7 of 13 from the floor, uh, 1 of 6 from the three-point line, three rebounds, three assists, and one steal. Obviously, it was super disappointing as a Magic fan. Just had a ton of fun watching Germany this summer, uh, watching him play so well in the Eurobasket tournament. Just really perplexing. Um, Gordon Herbert, the head coach for Germany, decided to sit Franz. Uh, for the start of the second half. Uh, I think Germany was leading by five at the beginning of the half and then allowed Spain to get into you know, back into the game. Now, Franz came back into the game and uh, Germany basically immediately built a, you know, a solid lead, I think about like seven or eight points. But then Spain really just came all the way back, took over you know, in that second half and ended up winning the game. And it's, it was really perplexing to me because he really went away because uh, one, one of their, their best players, Nick Weiler-Babb, was injured for most of the Eurobasket tournament. And then when he was able to come back for the semifinal, it's hard to argue against playing one of your best players. I mean, look at the Orlando Magic. We know about that with Jameer Nelson coming back in the 2009 finals. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get into that conversation. But, man, Germany, especially against Greece, was just moving the ball so well. Guys like Mauro Lowe were coming in off of the bench and playing really well. Um, Opes was playing really well. Voigtman was playing really well. Um what what's the other guy like Gafai was coming off the bench and, and hitting threes for Germany. They were just playing so well and Nick Weiler Bab coming back and just getting so many minutes against Spain just seemed to throw them out of the rhythm that they had. And then Franz who really was like I don't even think it's close was Germany's best player it, you know throughout the summer and in the tournament up to that point. Now Dennis Schroeder had a crazy game, you know, for Germany in this game. But it was just really disappointing to see Franz get treated very much like a rookie throughout this tournament and especially in this game. It's like just ride Franz Wagner throughout the rest of this tournament. And maybe if he starts the second half, I think there's a chance that the term tournament could have ended up differently for Germany because Spain goes on and wins the FIBA Eurobasket championship, um, you know, against France. So, but they had the opportunity, Luke, to play against Poland in the bronze medal game uh, on Sunday earlier today when we're recording this. They won 82-69. to 69. Uh, Franz Wagner in 32 minutes, 8 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. He didn't have to do much in this game. Dennis Schroeder had an incredible game. Um, but for Germany to finish third and win the bronze medal in this tournament, when they came into the tournament ranked 11th um, by FIBA, and I think they were... Um, it's pretty pretty high in the rankings in terms of just Europe in general, but just a great Euro basket for Franz Luke. Fifteen points, four rebounds, one point seven assists, fifty three, forty six, eighty eight were were his shooting splits. Um, disappointing for Germany to to, to lose, uh, it, you know, and end up in the bronze and not in the final. But Luke, what did you think of Franz throughout a uh, Euro basket? Well, first I want to add the line that producer Kevin happily sent us about Franz. He said. Franz won the bronze, and it rhymes, and it's perfect. You know, I, good, good for him. I, I th- you know, obviously we would have much rather preferred, you know, he wins the gold or the silver for that matter. But 
really good experience. I don't think that Franz has anything to you know to hang his head about. Everybody knows how incredible he was. You know, a lot of really special moments. You know, from his big games to FIBA making him like their header on Twitter. Like that just doesn't happen for guys, you know, players that young. So established himself shows that he, you know, can be uh, a top option on a, on a great international team. And we just hope that translates to the Orlando magic in the season coming up for him. Yeah. It would have been really nice if Gordon Herbert <laughs> realized that Franz Varner could be the main option on a, you know, an international team, uh, the politics um, of it all. Yeah. But you know, what you know, people also pointed out like they didn't have Maxi Kleber, they didn't have Isaiah Hartenstein, they didn't have Moritz Wagner. So this is a young Germany team, and I think once they get healthy and Franz is going to take a, another leap and just continue to get better, they're going to be a really good team on the international stage for a long time. And this just like I know you and I have had this conversation uh, like off air, but just about like international basketball in general and how in the states we kind of take it for for granted just because the united states and rightfully so are just expected to win gold at every tournament whether it's you know feeble world cup or whether it's the olympics like you're like okay us is just going to win the gold and at this point people don't even feel the need to watch those games really because a lot of them are blowouts against some of these other countries and you're like oh they're going to win gold anyway but seeing especially this tournament taking place in germany to see the German fans and how they embrace the German national team and all like a lot of other teams like, you know, Serbia and, you know, um, like, you know, Bosnian fans, Hungarian fans making their way to Germany to cheer on these teams. Uh, Greece had a really big crowd. Um, you know, Spain had a really big crowd. Just seeing the way that they like really embrace, you know, their national teams. I wish we could we could do that a little bit more and just get more excited about how well our teams you know, perform at the national level, because we do it with every other sport. Like if you take away like men's basketball, like if you look at like men's soccer, like everybody, if you're a soccer fan, everybody gets really excited about the men's national team, the women's national team in soccer for that regard. Um, anytime that we have a really good, like uh, individual Olympic athlete, like Simone Biles or Michael Phelps, Katie Ledecky, like whoever the case is, like it just, everybody gets behind those folks. And I wish we would see that a little bit more, uh, with our men's basketball team, but I think we just become a little bit jaded by that because they win the freaking gold in their sleep, basically. You know, apart yeah. from like 2004, but right. which that uh, the Redeem Team documentary is coming out pretty soon. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. But cool. uh, yeah, we're we're just yeah. spoiled here as far as that Unfortunately. goes. Unfortunately, it's like uh, I've had this thought so many times, and some people might differ in opinion, but like Alabama football, we've known like their story like the last decade really like of just since with Nick Saban and everything, how dominant they have been granted. They don't win it every year, but it feels like most years they, you know, they, they are right there. They have a chance. And I've just had the thought of like, as cool as it is to be like an Alabama football fan, like you're hated by everybody. And if you don't win a championship, it's a bust. So that's just kind of, that's just, I don't know that it seems boring. Like I would love to win a lot of championships. Don't get me wrong. But at some point it becomes expected and it's just like a lose-lose scenario for you. Like you win and everybody's like, oh, you're supposed to. Or if you lose, everybody's like just roasting you because you lost. Same thing with that 0-4 team. So I, I, that's kind of my take on it with USA basketball. I think it's the same thing. You've got the best league in the world right here. Soccer, for instance, uh, is a big thing 
uh, like people all of a sudden become USA, like become soccer fans because of USA. But like we have the MLS, like we don't have top talent in our country all the time. Right. But like that's we're spoiled fair. by the NBA and then all that stuff. So it's just like, that's kind of my, my perspective of it. I think I honestly would prefer watching one of the magic players play for their country in a big tournament like Eurobasket or the Olympics. I would prioritize watching that game like of a, of a magic player rather than a USA game. And that's just how it is. Like it, people have different perspectives. Some people might clown me for saying that, but that's just how I feel. Like it's just, it's a, a lose lose when it comes to USA basketball. You know what? I don't think they should clown you at all because I think that is a very valid and fair take. Like these mm-hmm. other, those other competitions I talked about, we're watching like that's th- that competition at its highest level. When yeah. it comes to, you know, FIBA World Cup or, you know, men's yeah. basketball in the Olympics, that's not competition at the highest level. We see that every June in the NBA finals, right? right. Uh, but for me, like you see, especially in, you know, Eurobasket, you see these guys playing like into their 40s in these international tournaments. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we, we got to like beg LeBron James and these guys now to play yeah. in the Olympics and to play in in you know the the FIBA World Cup and I just wish like our guys would take a little bit more pride in like playing for the national team for sure the way that you see like these other guys see it as like a massive honor and our mm-hmm. young guys do like the first couple of opportunities that they have but like once you've won like you know three Olympic gold medals and you know three FIBA it's World Cups it's like yeah you know it kind of loses its luster and they've become yeah. jaded to that but yep you know this is all probably doesn't matter because guess what we'll probably still win the gold anyway Yep. Guys don't have to care. We're going to win the gold anyways. It just kind of is the way that it is. So, yep. Um, but yeah, tons of fun to watch uh, Franz in uh, in FIBA Eurobasket. It's given me like a, a new love for inter- international basketball. Mm-hmm. I think I'll definitely pay more attention to these moving forward. You know, we, we expect to see Franz in these for years to come. Uh, Paolo has talked about playing for Italy, which, uh, you know, Italy, you know, made it to the quarterfinal, if I'm not mistaken. Um yeah, they beat uh, Slovenia actually in the in the quarterfinal. So, and then they lost, or maybe they lost in the quarterfinal. They beat I don't know. They made it pretty deep. Italy did a lot deeper. They know they played France and lost to France in the quarterfinal. France moved on to the semifinal. But if Paolo eventually plays for Italy, he's already got a pretty decent team there. Now he turn, might turn around and play for Team USA. But um, just really excited for Franz. Wrap all this up to say. Franz is really going to have a big leap heading into year two. For those of you that didn't want him to play in this tournament or to play when he was a little bit injured, I just think this uh, experience was completely invaluable for him. And I think it's going to do wonders for uh, his confidence moving forward. Before we jump into the interview uh, with Mr. Jeff Turner, we are going to go ahead and shout out our patrons. So if you have not heard yet, uh, we do have a Patreon channel where you can partner with the show and help financially support us to do things like upgrade resources to bring you guys a better show, upgrade equipment, do giveaways, all that kind of stuff. We do have a brand new patron, and we shout out our brand new patrons on every episode. Shout out Brian Leggins. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. If not, please let us know. I want to make sure that we're pronouncing everyone's name correctly. But Brian, thank you so much for joining our patron channel, our, our Patreon. Thanks for the support. It really means a lot. And then we shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons. So Brian's going to get like two shout outs here. But we're going to start our Hall of Fame tier patrons off here with Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, who we just had an, a recent episode with. If you guys haven't checked that out, go back and check that out. 
uh, Bailey, Wiffle, Michael Salapong, Franz Goaded, show Ryan Singh, The Distract, I'm Ron Burgundy, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Breadhead, and then Brian Leggins. Thank you guys all much. Thank you guys all so much for the support. Without further ado, we're going to get into the interview with Jeff Turner. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Magic fans, we have a very special episode for you guys, a very special guest. We are joined by Orlando Magic color commentator, broadcaster for Bally Sports Florida, and former Magic player, Jeff Turner. Jeff, uh, first time on the show, thanks for joining. How are you? I am doing very well. I'm excited. Uh, you know, we're just a little over a week from the season getting started here from, uh, you know, the uh, media day and then uh, Jamal Mosley ready to get those guys working a little bit. So um, it comes at you fast and uh, we're kind of all excited about it. Yeah. As we're recording this uh, Sunday night, we've all been watching football all day. But uh, we're just about eight days away from media day and, and nine days away from from training camp. Um, Jeff, do you as broadcasters, do you guys have any kind of training camp? You got to get back into shape for, for calling <laughs> these games or what? A lot of we, we have a lot of meetings, but, um, you know, it's interesting. Like it's it's always, you know, you think you're prepared. You do all the work. Um, but there's always something. And, and, and David has been, you know, my mentor, David Steele. Um, and one of the things that you, you've got to get your, your voice, uh, you know, it's, you're not using it like you do on the, on air all the time. So, um, we, we spend a lot of time having phone conversations, long phone conversations, meetings, just so we're talking a lot. So, uh, to get used to <laughs> that, the keep that chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you, as far as like the chemistry goes for, for, you know, guys like you and David Steele, and as long as you guys have been around each other, um, when did, I, I guess just kind of to get into really the questions that I have and that I'm interested based on just what you're talking about is like, did you and David, how long did it take? 
for chemistry to really get good to where you guys were like, man, we, we've got something pretty special because we love you guys, obviously. Uh, and we are very biased, but we also will say, we talked about this with David. We think you guys are some of like, do a great job of being very non-biased, um, and professional and maybe adding like the hint of bias here and there that just like fans <laughs> want on their broadcast, but yeah. how, I guess, yeah, kind of going to that question your chemistry building that how was that a something that you was kind of a hard thing to do um and, and kind of when that came into form for you yeah you know it's what's interesting is you know david and i have been friends for so long david was the radio obviously the first radio broadcaster for the magic you know when i was playing when the team first started when we used to when we would travel you know it's a lot different than it is now you know we had basically three coaches one trainer, uh, the players, and then David Steele and Chip Carey and Jack Evans. That was that was our traveling party. So we spent a lot of time together uh, on the plane, you know, whatever, playing cards. Or so we developed a friendship from there. Um, and he was always uh, always there. He actually um, he got me into broadcasting because when I retired in '96 um, from you know knee injuries. Uh, it was about halfway, it was in February of the 95-96 season. And, you know, really didn't have anything going on. What was the next step? Magic said, you know, we'd love to keep you in the organization. It was David who went to um, management and said, hey, I'm working by myself over here on radio. I think Jeff would be good at this. Um, and so he kind of brought me along, but I think what you're talking about, Luke, that, that the chemistry that we have, I think that's really starts first and foremost is we're friends. Um, and you know, our thing is, is like, it's like two guys sitting and, you know, we're, we're just watching a game together, two friends, you mm -hmm. know, comment, talking about it. Um, that two guys that just love the game of basketball. And I hope that's why, you know, maybe fans will see that we're not, we love the game, no matter whether it's the magic or whoever the opponent is, you know, hopefully, you know, we want the magic to, to win and do well. And, um, you know, we're rooting for them. We're magic guys. Um, but that chemistry, that love of the game, I think is what comes across maybe as people feeling like we're non-biased. I don't know that you are privy to this information, Jeff. We talked about this with David Steele, but um, you know, the, the league pass, whenever opposing teams are, are watching, you know, the magic play their favorite team on league pass, sometimes they'll get, you know, the, the Bally sports broadcast of you and David and magic fans. We always get messages from other opposing fans, how impressed they are by you guys, like around the league, you guys are renowned as one of the best, you know, local broadcast teams. Uh, have you heard that? And, and what is it that you think makes you and David so special apart from like the, the buddy dynamic that you guys have? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think um, that that's very nice. I don't, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a big social media guy, so I don't, you know, I don't hear a lot of that stuff, but that's, that's nice to hear. You know, I think the big thing is, is um, um, it, I think it starts with preparation Um you know, David is, uh, you know, has taught me and he's one of the most prepared broadcasters. Um, you know, I, not that I've worked with a lot of different guys, but, you know, I, I go around, I talk to people um, and just the way he prepares the game um, and our game day routine. Um, I, I think that really lends itself for us, you know, from the get go, whether it's our open, you know, on through 
the end of the game, I, I just feel like um, we're ready for just about any moment. Um, we know both teams very well. Um, you know, David watches a lot of the games, as do I. Um, you know, it's one of the great things about League Pass. When you have an off night or you can catch up with a replay or something, um, you can stay on top of the league. And so um, it's nice to hear that, you know, that people like our broadcast. But, you know, more than anything, once the camera, you know, the lights go on and everything, I very rarely think about who's listening. It's again, it's just David and I are working and we're just, you know, we're doing our thing. And so uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's, a, you know, our whole team, you know, from Ty Easton, our producer and, you know, everybody, um, you know, working with Dante Marcatelli. Um, it's just a good group of guys. Um, and, and we just have a lot of fun um, even when we're not on air. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, we know that you guys aren't the only ones that have great chemistry. We talk about this team and just the chemistry that they present on the floor and off the floor every night. Does that? How much easier does it make y'all's job calling games and working with just like young, energetic players that are seemingly and Jonathan have gotten the chance and I've gotten the chance to talk to quite a few of them at this point that are just you know they're willing to to do anything for you. They're very selfless and kind of give up time, whatever it might be. How much easier is it working, you know, alongside guys like that, covering a team that genuinely cares about each other and basketball? Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a great point. You know, you, you you'll see that right, like they care about each other um, on the floor. The coaching staff does a real good job, but the great thing, and you kind of alluded to it, is they they kind of get it. You know, for such young players. You know, they'll they'll sit down with you or, or answer your questions and everything that they're, they're very accessible for us, which is not always the case. You know, if you, you know, when we go to league meetings and things like that and talk with other broadcasters. A lot of times the players are not accessible to the broadcast team. Sometimes the coaches aren't uh, very accessible to the local broadcast. You know, Dave and I are blessed, you know, because, um you know, we, we're allowed to go into practices, you know, we can go on the floor afterwards and kind of talk with the guys a little bit. Um, and what that, that camaraderie that is in the locker room, they get that, you know, David and I are just part of the team. You know, a lot, a lot of people, you know, we're not, we're not the media necessarily. We're part of, uh, of the group of their, of their, you know, their traveling party. And, uh, and that's how they treat us. And that's, that's kind of refreshing um, to be honest with you. Maybe that's because they're so young and they don't know any different, <laughs> um, but you know, that's, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes this group so much fun. Is that how you and, and David, uh, you talk about just like him vouching for you to join his, like the, the radio team at that point he said that I need some help. I think Jeff's the guy were you guys a part of the same travel party? Is that like you just alluded to there? Is that really how he even came to know you at that point? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, like, again, our traveling party was maybe, you know, there was only 12 players, you know, if it was an injury, we just left somebody home, you know what I mean? It was like, uh, and then the four coaches and a few. So we're, we're around 20 is our traveling party. Now I think we travel with 70 people. Um, so wow. it really lends itself, you know, um, now see, I'm going to sound like an old dinosaur and everything, but, you know, without, you know, an iPad or anything, you're not, you're not glued in. You don't put your headphones in and watching a movie or anything. We were actually 
you know, playing cards, playing Scrabble, whatever it was, players, broadcasters, um, we were all, you know, right together. We would, we were traveling commercial. And um, so we would be in the airport, you had to go through baggage claim, go pick up your bags and everything. And, you know, the team, the broadcast, we'd all be down and say, okay, everybody throw in a dollar, whose ever bag comes off the, you know, comes off first gets the pot. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just, it, it sounds silly, right? It's it builds just, chemistry. It, was, it, it does. It just, you know, it brings us everybody together and, and, you know, people know who you are, not just mm. a guy in the back of the plane somewhere. Now, Jeff, it's been a long summer for, for magic fans. You know, the season ended back in April, but then we had the very exciting lottery and, and the draft. Uh, but not much basketball really to hold us over, at least until the last few weeks, watching Franz Wagner play with the German national team in Eurobasket. Uh, as we're recording this, they won the bronze medal earlier today against Poland. I don't know how much you've been able to watch a Franz in Eurobasket, but obviously, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, everyone in the magic sphere <laughs> knows how well he's been playing in Eurobasket. Fans were concerned, especially he had a little ankle injury, but concerned about him playing for Germany um, just given some of the, the recent health that the Magic have had. But that performance that he was able to put you know, forward in Eurobasket, how important do you think that is for a young player's confidence? And, and what do you think we can expect from year two Franz? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, I'm not one of those guys that thinks, you know, that, um, and, and this may be, you know, from my background and everything as, a, as a, an older player, um, I think anytime you're playing uh, at a high level, competing, especially in the summer um, where games matter, I, I think there's no, no way you can help but improve. Um, and, and the European game is, is so much more physical. Um, you know, the, the, the defensive skates, everything is tight. Um, it, it really is a great way for a young player like Franz to really expand his game, do different things. Um, and I, I absolutely think that this is going to be um, a great push for him going into his second season. I mean, you know, we saw so many things from Franz last year. We saw his growth from just, you know, we all thought he was going to be able to shoot the three-pointer, put it on the floor, get to the rim. Um, but then he started adding other things um, and really became a primary ball handler when we were down all of our guards at one point in January. And so I think, you know, uh, Jamal Mosley is just tickled that he's going to be able to put, you know, Franz in pick and roll situations uh, and have another primary ball handler on the floor. Um, so I, I, I think it's wonderful. I, you know, I wish more guys had the opportunity to, you know, to play, um, you know, play international basketball and just, you know, just the, the game is just a little bit different. It's a little more team oriented um and so it, it makes it kind of fun yeah and you mentioned mosley and just that it, it it you know makes him tickled to to think about the, the you know franz and the just the leaps that you get to see from him at Eurobasket. i was talking about it with jonathan last week on the show and, you know usually you don't get to see much of players at all in the offseason 
aside from, you know, uh, there's some like Chris Brickley, you know, the trainer, he has some runs during the off season with players and that, you, you know, if your guy, if you're lucky enough, you know, you're one of your players on your team is in those runs and you can kind of get a quick glimpse of them or he has them like featured on his social media page at that point. But we get to, we got to see Franz progress through the summer and see what he was working on. We kind of got a peek behind the curtain what does, you know, as far as like really transitioning here to Mosley and his second year, we asked you about Franz, but <laughs> in his second year, what do you have expectation wise, you know, for him and, and maybe, you know, speak to just a little bit about, you know, what he might be able to accomplish this year in terms of, you know, whether it's furthering developed chemistry or, or whatever it might be as a, as a second year coach in the league. Yeah, I think that one of the big things, you know, it's always um, it, it's kind of funny. And I, I kidded with J- Jamal when he you know, first got the job, we had a chance to talk a little bit and, you know, he'd been a, a, a career assistant uh, and worked his way up to where, you know, he was, he was the associate coach with Rick Carlisle in Dallas before he came to Orlando. But uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I told him that um, uh, Chuck Daly, when he was the head coach of the magic, you know, we would be right down near the bench broadcasting, and he would uh, turn to his, uh, his assistants and say, any of you geniuses, you know, do, do you have anything to add? You all want my seat, but it's hot. This seat is hot. <laughs> it's a change. Moving over, you know, that 24 inches, whatever, into the head coach's spot, it, it, it changes the way you look at the game and how you prepare and things like that. So um, Jamal is great in the fact that he is so humble and such a high character guy, he'll tell you, um, I learned a lot last year. Um, and he'll reach out and he'll ask um, other coaches and everything for advice. So I think to answer your question, I, I think Jamal will, will like Franz, take a big leap um, in his decision making and his play calling. A couple of things, the experience. And now he's got a team that he knows, right? And they know him. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of turnover this year. It's pretty much a lot of the same guys are back. And so, um, the expectations, he's, he's not just evaluating guys, what they can and can't do now. He knows what they can do. So situationally, you know, how you use guys, um, matchups, things like that. Um, I think Jamal and his staff are going to have a better handle on you all just had a uh, coach Mosley on the pod squad, you know, this past week, you and, and, and David and Galant, uh, George Galante and, and Dante. And the, I really got the vibe from him that he just seems so much more comfortable. If you compare that to last season, when he you know first joined the team and you all got the chance to talk to him, have, do you have that vibe? Also, he seems more confident, more comfortable in what he's doing this year. Absolutely. And I, you know, again, that's that experience. He's been through it now a year. He kind of, uh, knows. I think he in the, in the pod squad, he talked about um, being out in Vegas for summer league. You know, he just jumped in and he coached the summer league team. This time, you know, he had a chance to sit back and kind of look at the way things were happening as Jesse Mermis coached, um, you know, kind of look at it from, you know, 10,000 feet, if you will, just kind of see how things go. Uh, maybe sit with, you know, John Hammond or Jeff Weltman uh, watching the game and kind of brainstorm a little bit. All those things uh, are going to help him. But, you know, the, the, the big thing for Jamal is, and, and I just, he is, he is really unlike a lot of coaches that, you know, I have been around in that 
he has such respect of those young players. Um, he is the, one of the most selfless coaches I've ever been around. I mean, he, he will not ask him. Mean, he's still young enough that he's got the ability to get on the court and demonstrate. Uh, he won't ask any of those guys to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. Um, he, he is just um, – he's really a special guy, and he's, he's tuned in to what those guys – I don't – you know, I've told this story a million times. I know I told it on the broadcast last year, but I, I really think it speaks to Jamal, and, and you know, you, you guys I know probably have heard it, is when Markel came back, right? You guys remember Markel Fultz's first game back. There was a plan going into the game and shoot around that morning. I asked Jamal because we have to, as a broadcast team, you know, we're trying to be ready when Markel checks in. I'm like, do you have a plan? What's, you know, when's he coming in? And he says, he's coming in 10 minutes left in the, or no, eight minutes left in the first quarter. I'm going to get him in for a coal. And then, you know, he'll play four minutes. So, you know, da, 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 da. We're playing the Indiana Pacers. And we're counting it down. It's getting close to eight minutes. Right about eight minutes, Markell is sitting in front of us at the broadcast. They're ready to check in. Rick Carlisle calls timeout, right? So they go back to the bench. And Jamal, after the timeout, Cole is back into the game. Jamal sprints right down to our broadcast location and looks at me and says, not yet. I want him to receive the ovation he deserves, right? Mm. And so comes, you know, as immediately the ball comes in, Cole takes a foul, and then here comes Markell. You know, Paul Porter enters, you know, onto the court, Markell folds. The crowd was there. That's special, right? Like, coaches don't think like that, right? Coaches are thinking, you know, it's like, here's my substitution pattern. Markell, sorry you don't get your introduction or anything, but he had, he's got such a feel that Markel had worked so hard to get to that point that he wanted him to have that moment. And I just think that, you know, that goes a long way with players. Um, and it's just, uh, I, I think it's a testament. I love to tell the story because it's a testament to Jamal's character and his really coaching feel that he has, not just X's and O's, but for people. And I think it's special. Luke, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I've got goosebumps now listening yeah. <laughs> to, to that story. And, well, and I had yeah. heard you tell that story, Jeff, but I, I hadn't heard the bit about Jamal kind of sprinting back to the broadcast table to yeah. let you guys know that that was going on. I've had the opportunity to sit in on a, on a, you know, a couple of uh, pregame you know, pressers with Jamal at the, the media room at Amway. And the first time that I was in there, it, it was my first time ever in the media room, and I wasn't expecting him to come down from the podium after the pregame and greet, you know, everyone there covering the team. And I just thought that was really special. And I got the sense from, you know, some of the other folks there that that's not always typical with head coaches in the league. So it just kind of speaks to, you know, that level of, um, you know, that personal level that he just wants to connect with everyone that he comes across. Yeah. And and it's not like it's a show that's who he is. Like, it's not like a once one time thing. He will take the time. Uh, and greet everybody. He's, uh, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just not a characteristic of coaches. You know, it's like, you're so focused on your job that you kind of lose sight of everything. Um, and, and Jamal's got that special knack for being able to do both. 
And I, I want to add kind of, you know, my I was able to be there. So I, I've been in, as our listeners know, I've lived in Nebraska the last couple of years. Um, but at that point, I was in Florida for some family matter and my flight got essentially canceled at the time. And so there was a magic game that night. We were flying out of Orlando. I looked at my wife and I said, if I can get tickets to this game, is it all right that I go? Cause I was like, I'll pay, I'll just pay for one ticket and we'll go like, we're at a hotel at this point. She was like, yeah, yeah, of course she understands, you know, that's important to me and that it would be a fun time. I hadn't been to a magic game in for, you know, a year or two at that point. And so I, I got to go, got, you know, someone with the organization hooked me up and helped me out there and, you know, got to go sit with a listener of the show. We gave away an extra ticket with it to sit with me. And um, it was just super cool. You, the whole time for Markel's return, you almost weren't like we weren't really paying much attention to the court before Markel checked in the game. We were looking locked in on Markel sitting on the bench. Okay. When's he going to go? When's it going to happen? And then he gets up and every, everybody, you hear everybody start talking around you. And then the timeout gets called and everybody started saying bad things about Carlisle. Everybody was so mad. And we were like, what if he doesn't get the ovation he deserves? This is all wrong. This is not how it's supposed to go. This is not the script. And clearly it wasn't the script. You knew the script. Yeah. And so it doesn't happen. And so then we see Markel's on the bench again. And the people that don't really, like, maybe weren't super tuned in start yelling about, why isn't Markel coming in the game? He was supposed to check in. And everybody around is trying to explain, you know, the people that are really dialed in. He did it on purpose. He wants him to have his proper ovation. And yeah. so it was really awesome to get to, like, piece that together in real time. And you definitely gained a ton of respect for Jamal Mosley. And then just to know that he's that in tune that he he runs over to the table, he didn't have to, you know, necessarily do that, but he wanted him to not only have the ovation in the game at the game, but he wanted it to be on TV as well. And for you guys for it, it was looking out for you guys in that moment too. So just awesome to hear about, you know, coach Mosley and the, you know, to nice to hear that really what we think to be true is the truth about him as a person. Um, And as a coach makes you super excited. But I know, Jeff, we kind of want to transition here as we, you know, start to wrap up the tail end of this. But as far as the, uh, you know, the, the training facility, Advent Health Training Facility, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of chatter about that <laughs> facility. Can you speak to uh, anything about the facility? Maybe what you think is maybe the coolest thing you've heard, um, as well as just what it means for this team in upcoming summers as the team gets better, the more attractive Orlando becomes, and this only adds to it. It, it is like, it, it is so, you know, as being in the organization, you hear about it, right? Like whether it's George Galante or Joel Glass on their media tours. And so you start hearing things, but until you go in and you see exactly what they've done, they have, I don't think they've missed anything. Um, it is really, and it's all geared um, to provide the players with, everything they need you know my 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 thing is is as a player you know you have no excuse if you're on the you have no excuse not to get better um if you don't get better whether it's physically uh even mentally with all the stuff they have uh, your game doesn't get better with what they're giving you what they're providing then that's on you right you you have no excuse if you put the work in if you show up um, the people that they've hired uh, to, you know, their performance team, uh, their athletic training staff, it's all in place. And now they have the facility um, 
to really, really be something. Now, my question to uh, to Jamal, um, you know, was, okay, well, how is it a recruiting tool? This is your practice facility. Uh, he said, oh, no, the arena, the practice facility over the arena, when the visiting teams come into town, that'll be closed. They're going to have to come over to the uh, athletic training center, the Advent Health Center, in order to practice or do anything so that the opposing players get a chance to look at that. I know it was a little tongue-in-cheek that he said that, but I, I wouldn't put that past Jeff Weltman to kind of make sure something like that happens because that's what you want, right? You want – People, you, you're proud of it. I know the team is proud of the facility. You want to get people in there to see it uh, and see what Orlando has to offer. So um, it, it really is something. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, I, I just hope that at some point, you know, that, you know, what, there's somebody's going to invite me. In. I just want to get in that float pod one time just to be able, you know, that I, I don't know how that works. I don't know if I'd be claustrophobic or something, but. Wendell Carter said it's the greatest thing in the world, so I'll have to go with him. Well, Jeff, if I remember correctly, the five of you recorded that episode of Pod Squad <laughs> in the float chamber. You all had joked about that. I know that was yeah. obviously uh, not the case, but like you said, the players are going to have everything that they need there. Uh, talking just a little bit more about the product on the floor, the gem of the offseason for the Orlando Magic was really the number one overall pick that turned out to be Paolo Bancaro and had such an in- impressive summer league what are your initial thoughts from Paolo and what you've seen from him well you know basically you know he's he was at you know Duke so we you know obviously we got to watch him a lot you know um it's just it's going to be interesting um you know anytime an 18 19 year old guy comes into the league I always tell people you know let's temper you know our expectations a little bit we're going he's obviously going to be a great player um what I saw in summer league, you know, and, and again, everybody says summer league is summer league. I'm, I'm right there with them. Um, it's, there's difference than playing with the grown men in the NBA and the free agents and uh, young players in summer league. Um, but he did some things that kind of get you excited, right? Like, I mean, if you think about this magic team over the last say 10 years, right? We really haven't had a guy who can get to the free throw line consistently. Right. And and we saw that with Paolo just in the two games, his ability to attack, use that big body, get fouled, good free throw shooter. Those are free buckets, you know, points when you're, you're talking about a team, you know, last year averages, you know, right around 104 points a game. You know, now you get, you know, four or five extra points. Now you're you're in the middle of, you know, offensive efficiency and things, um, you know, which which hopefully gets you a few more wins. Um, you know, his mobility, his ability to handle the basketball. Um, you know, we saw a little bit at Duke, but, you know, is he a guy that's, uh, you know, you're going to be able to put the ball in his hands a little bit more uh, and create? I think all those things will come. Um, typically what happens with a young player, the jump from college to the NBA, um, even though you're playing at a high level like you're playing at Duke, the, the speed of the game really is the difference, even from summer league to the way it is, how fast things happen on the court, being able to make the right reads and things like that. Um, I think those are things you'll see him develop uh, and get better at as the game goes on, because 
from from watching um clearly a high basketball iq right like you can see he gets it he want he's a willing passer he wants to make his teammates better so all those things make you excited just how quickly he adapts to the speed and physicality of the nba those are you know those are uh, things we'll watch yeah so kind of taking you know paolo and his skill and putting it onto this roster, Jonathan and I have talked about it really ad nauseum here in the last filling in just content in the off season. I've talked about how this is a 20, you know, it's a, it's a 22 win team and a, and a 30 win teams, you know, body there, like a 30 win team and a 22 win teams body last year. Like we truly believe that this team could have achieved a 30 wins at least, um, you know, if, if, you know, able to be healthy, if, you know, down the stretch, what takes place in terms of rotations and whatever down the stretch to, you know, do what you had to do. So <laughs> when it, when it comes to that sort of thing, we think this team definitely, you know, did not get show their true potential last year between all of those factors, adding Paolo to this team, um, along with Jonathan Isaac, talk about a return. I can't wait for his return and to see kind of what we're able to do on opening night for him and really give him the welcome back he deserves. Um, but where do you think this team ends up, um, you know, come the end of the season? We're talking this time next year. We have you on the show. What do you think we're talking about in terms of what that team, what our team has accomplished? Well, I think the, the big thing is, and, and, you know, if you listen to the pod squad, you heard Coach Mosley say, um, this year, you know, is, is about competing and leveling up, right? Um, the expectations are going to be higher. Um, and I think, um, that evaluation process is probably um, guys will, they won't get as much rope this year, right? Like, you know, there'll be some accountability. One of the things that you see with this team, if you look at the roster, there's, there's good competition at every position. I mean, if you look at our, our front court, you know, we, we talked about uh, Franz, we talked about Paolo, uh, Wendell, you know, if, if, if that's your starting, you know, uh, front court right there, that's pretty impressive. You mentioned Jonathan Isaac, right? Like we don't know. We're hoping he's going to be back there, but the, there are some other intriguing guys. But you know, Mo Bamba coming. You know, we re-sign Mo Bamba. Where is he going to play? How many minutes will he play? But he gives you a skill set, a a stretch five um, that adds something. Um, you know, to the roster, but he's going to have to compete for his minutes. It's not going to be given to him. Uh, the guy that is intriguing that we just keep hearing rumors about is Ball Ball, right? Like, it, what is he going to give you? Everything they say, you know, he's long, he's athletic. Um, Chuma is in there. Mo Wagner gives you a little something as well. So I think the competition at each position is going to force what you're talking uh, about, is that even when they're – is, um, you know, assuming everybody stays healthy, the competition for playing time, when you get your minutes on the floor, um, the, the pressure to produce, um, to be sharper, to be prepared, to not make rookie and second year mistakes, I think will be higher. Um, and then, you know, the, <clears throat> our backcourt, the same thing. You know, we mentioned Markel a little bit. Um, I'm looking forward to a healthy Markel. I think he's a special player, um, but, you know, he's going to have competition. You know, Jalen Suggs is hungry. We know Cole Anthony's going to compete for a spot. Uh, that's what he does. So 
Um, it, the, I think all those things to me mean that at, at the very least, we got to be competing for a playing spot, right? We, we've got to be in the mix. I think we can be. Um, but, and I think if I'm Coach Mosley, I'm pushing that. We're going to, you know, we're going to, we got to be the best we can be. And at, at the, at the floor of this, I really think you got to be competing late in the season, playing meaningful games, which means you're competing for uh, at least the spot in the play. That's how we feel as well. And Luke and I always joke, you know, this is a, a very young team. And I think this young team has a lot more depth than you would uh, really see in a, in a team this young and inexperienced, but we don't, really envy Jamal Mosley at all as it goes on, you know, throughout this season, the level of competition at these different positions, the decisions that he's going to have to make, but uh, we're really excited for the season. Jeff, we're going to wrap up our time here with you. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it was great to talk to you. Looking forward to seeing you at media day here in, in about a week and a half and excited to hear you and David on the air uh, all season long. Really appreciate it. Well, we're looking forward to it. Thank you guys for having me. Get me excited. Talk a little magic basketball. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. That was our chat with uh, Jeff Turner, color commentator for the Orlando Magic. Really good to talk with Jeff. It, it, we say this every time we meet a new person and have them on the show, but all these people that work for the Orlando Magic, they're not only great at their job, they're just great human beings. And knowing that just time and time again, just makes you that much more proud to cover and root for the Orlando Magic. So uh, thank you to Jeff for taking the time. It was really a lot of fun, Luke. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, right? Like that is our, I mean, obviously, the favorite part of doing this podcast is having opportunities to talk like Je to talk to people like Jeff who have been around the organization for so long. Not only, you know, we know a lot about how this front office in general values, you know, the, the stand-up humans as, you know, and, and players. Like they want good character inside the locker room. We see that with just like the magic have ingrained that into their staff as well um, and, and who's around the team. And obviously Bally Sports at this point too, like it is all kind of just rings true through the whole organization from top to bottom. Really thankful for, you know, the, the organization having those values. Like you said, a lot of fun to talk with them, provided great insight into kind of how him and, you know, David Steele really got started as a team what contributed to chemistry, things like that. Really cool to hear those like behind the, behind the curtain type of stories, especially from guys like him. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We had a lot of fun with that, Luke. Uh, one of my favorite answers that he gave is when you, know, you asked about what he thinks in terms of like the expectations for this young mm -hmm. roster. And I think it's easy for us to kind of get wrapped up in this because we talk about the team you know, every single week and how much fun it's going to be and how good these guys can be. Uh, but to hear it from someone that is as close to the team as he is, and his expectation is that into March and into April, this team should still be completing, competing for a play-in spot. So that was super encouraging to hear. Um, just a, a week from you guys listening to this on Monday, the 19th, uh, coming up on the 26th of September is Media Day, which Luke isn't going to be able to uh, make this year, which we're super bummed about. But we are excited that this is going to be the six-man show's first Media Day. I'll be there. Uh, producer Kevin will be there, so we're super excited for that. Um, wouldn't it be possible without you all, so really appreciate you all. But big things ahead for the Orlando Magic this season. Really much looking forward to that. And one more time before we uh, log off here, uh, coming up on October 14th at 7 o'clock versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, it is the Magic's preseason finale. It's going to be at home. 
We are putting together a group outing to get a bunch of folks together to go to that game, sit in the lower bowl, cheer on our Orlando Magic, get you all ready for the regular season. So if you want to purchase tickets to that game, tickets are limited and are running out quickly. You can purchase tickets at FIVO.me slash The Six Man Show. That's FIVO spelled F-E-V-O dot M-E slash The Six Man Show. And two lucky fans that purchase tickets to that game are going to win two tickets each to the preseason game against the Grizzlies on October 11th. We've said this on the show a couple of times, but you may be thinking that this is a preseason game like they have in the NFL where the last couple of preseason games, you don't see the marquee players. It's the opposite in the NBA. The last couple of preseason games are when teams are really trying to fine-tune their starting lineups and the minutes and you know the rotations and everything like that. So there's a good chance if you come out to those games, you're going to see like Donovan Mitchell. You win tickets to that Grizzlies game. You're probably going to see John Morant. So really excited about that. Want to see you guys there. And we want to show up for the team. We talk about taking over the lower bowl, you know, making this a, a home, you know, a, a big home court advantage for our guys. And uh, this is our way of kind of putting our money where our mouth is. So super excited for that. But Luke, before uh, we log off here, any last thoughts? I think that's pretty much going to do it for us. Yep. No, nothing here. Go magic. Go magic, baby. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.